I V M. News Kids on the Block. We bring to you stories that top the nation's papers, fresh from the IVM and the Senate National School Desk. Hi, I'm Kavya. I'm Anya. And I'm Trevor. And welcome to this episode of News Kids on the Block, where we give you all the top news updates of the week. And I will hand it over to Anya to kick us off with the first story of the day. So recently, a really, really severe and unexpected heat wave has spread across Europe, the entirety of the continent, and in the process, that has killed more than a thousand people. This comes after a heat wave in 2003 that killed 70,000 people. A lot of researchers are holding climate change and um some other geographical factors accountable for this. Um it started about two and a half months ago where France experienced a record high of the hottest May that they have on record and then this also affected Italy, Spain as well as some other countries. Later on um this July, Poland as well as some other parts of the eastern area of Europe suffered from an extreme heat spell the indian express reported that now temperatures across europe are soaring yet again from spain to the british isles and spreading east um they also have had wildfires stoked by the heat which are burning in many countries uk recorded its highest temperature ever going past 40 degrees celsius for the first time at london's heathrow airport and this isn't even the end of the summer in europe geographically they say that essentially certain areas are low pressure zones which tends to draw air towards them so in this particular case the low pressure zone has been north africa which is drawing it and into europe so it's essentially um kai corner you were a researcher at lamondorthy earth observatory as part of the columbia university says that it's pumping hot air northward um the north mean europe so obviously this heat wave has been as devastating as it sounds the effects have gone from like greece to scotland the new york times reports that more than 2000 firefighters battled blazes that have burned nearly 80 square miles of parched forest and the situation is just getting worse so i think it's a sign that climate change still exists and it's still a problem and we're experiencing the results on a very very literal level thank you anya even i've been reading a lot about this heat wave story across europe and i have to say it is looking it's something which even i have not been familiar with these kind of temperatures you know 40 degrees celsius 39 degrees celsius i have not i've never seen these kind of temperatures in my life and especially in europe which is you know known it like it is supposed to be around 19 to 20 low 20s to what it goes down to zero sometimes in the winter it's not known for being a hot climate and to reach these sort of temperatures it's just absolutely insane and it really outlines the effect which global warming has had on the world and another example of where this heat wave has come into conflict is with the glaciers in the swiss alps which have now been covered with uv blankets to stop them melting in this extreme summer heat as the 12000 foot high rhone glacier nestled in the southern part of the alps they have been covered in white uv resistant blankets and this has been done by the locals who have made the voyage there since every year since 2009 and glaciologists who are scientists who study glaciers say that the blankets are reducing ice melting between 50 to 70% which is obviously helping protect these glaciers a lot and these blankets are used not only to protect the glacier from the heat wave that is currently gripping europe but also just generally against the harsh impacts of climate change and against you know it's a battle against the rising sea levels which we see around the world and the, like scientists estimate that some of switzerland's glaciers could disappear by the year 2100 and that's 
obviously to us it looks like very far away in terms of science that is pretty soon so these kind of changes are necessary to preserve these glaciers for the long term and these blankets now let me talk a little bit about them before we conclude the story they are made of heavy duty fleece material which both insulates the ice and reflects back sunlight in order to keep the glaciers cool thanks devak i think yeah both these stories have really shown us that climate change is it can be so dangerous and it's showing us it's we're constantly every day we're seeing examples in a place like europe for example which is supposed to be super cold and we've known it for being cold the fact that we are reaching these kind of temperatures in these places is just yet another example of how of the drastic effects and the dramatic effects that climate change can have on the earth with that we'll take a short break and we'll be right back Welcome back. You're listening to New Skids on the Block. I'm your Coco host for today, Kavya, and I want to take us into the next story, which is about the recent presidential elections that took place in Sri Lanka. So last week we talked about um the now ex-president of Sri Lanka, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, who fled the country to the Maldives after tons of protesters gathered at his at his residence and kind of protested his presidency. And recently, Sri Lanka held another presidential election where a new president was elected and that is Ranil Wickremesinghe he was actually the acting president after Gotabaya Rajapaksa resigned and he has now been elected as the president but people are still protesting because he is seen as an ally of ex president Rajapaksa so the protests haven't stopped but i really do hope that he is able to help pull sri lanka out of the current economic crisis and their pretty bad um situation and he is able to do stuff that the old president was not able to do to help the country get out of this thanks kavya wow kavya thanks for that story i actually remember the last time we talked about sri lanka we were discussing their economy and how that was falling and now as the indian rupee breaches 80 per dollar for the first time as these new economic challenges have risen across india as for the first time on tuesday the 19th of july crude oil prices rose internationally and this posed a fresh new challenge for authorities grappling with these stubborn price pressures india being one of these governments and although the domestic currency has been trading a few paise short of the 80 level on several days this month breaching the mark is seen as like a significant landmark sort of event as this was a psychological level at which the central bank had been defending the currency they've been in the head they were always thinking that we can't let it cross 80 we can't let it even get to 80 and now that it's gone above it's kind of seen as a loss for the central bank it's seen as a loss for the indian economy as sellers had been holding back and waiting for this level which triggered a round of dollar sales on tuesday the depreciation of the rupee against the greenback is likely to have repercussions across sectors and could increase cost of imports raise overseas education costs make foreign loans more costly for companies and has the potential to stoke inflation which is already ruling at 7% one positive impact could be that the remittances from overseas could become attractive i personally have just, i've read this story i think this is definitely negative for india's economic situation we've seen similar stories arise following the both the covid crisis and the russia ukraine crisis with the new newly risen problems with the oil but yeah let me let you guys should either if you have any thoughts on this yeah trevik um i think last week we even covered how the um dollar and the euro sort of reached a parity so i think this puts a lot of other things in context as well thank you anya and with that we will be taking a short break and we'll be right back after the break Welcome back to News Kids on the Block. I'm your co-host Anya and our next story for you today is some really interesting data. 
Recently, the union government said that 163,000 Indians gave up their citizenship in the last year in Parliament this past Tuesday. The exact figure is 163,370 Indians gave up their Indian passports. We've been recording data for this since 2015, and in the previous years, it has been 1,44,017 in 2019 and 85,256. in 2020 more than half of the people who have given up their passports have chosen to become us citizens a lot of the reason for this is that the indian constitution and the citizenship laws that are currently in place don't allow for dual citizenship so in most cases expats or people who have worked and lived abroad for majorities of their lives but have some indian roots or um, partially live in the country won't be able to have a shared citizenship with both the countries that they're associated with and so either they're forced to give up their indian citizenship in order to access all of the benefits that the other country offers or doesn't offer or they keep the foreign citizenship and in india they forego a lot of benefits including voting rights and rights to certain agricultural property owning additionally the data also shared that in november 2021 10645 foreign nationals applied for indian citizenship between 2016 and 2020 this includes the maximum of 7782 from pakistan and 795 persons applying from afghanistan um of these 4177 were granted indian citizenship according to the hindustan times additionally a, a total of 452 stateless persons also applied for indian citizenship between 2016 and 2020 but data on who has received and not received citizenship is currently unavailable the home ministry also said that last year 1 crore 33 lakh 83000 718 indian nationals are currently living in foreign countries but this data comes into question because since so many people have renounced indian citizenship in order to go and live abroad um and we often hear so many stories and maybe when you're growing up one of the first things you could ask you is if you're studying abroad and if you're going to come back it just shows that a lot of people choose to leave the country um and that puts the next generation and in a very precarious position and losing citizenship of their people is not necessarily a thing to be proud of um as a country granted that these are personal choices that need people to do so and so of course there's no judgment with it but this just call into question for whether there needs to be a new citizenship law formulated or citizenship laws need to be amended that being said in 2019 the government did put forth a bill called the CAA or the Citizenship Amendment Act in 2019 which granted indian citizenship to persecuted minorities from pakistan bangladesh and afghanistan who entered india on or before December 31st 2014 Thanks Anya Love you Kavya The next story I have for you is about PT Usha and you might know her as the Payoli Express she was the youngest Indian sprinter to compete at the Olympics and um she really was a revolutionary for Indian women in sports and Indian sports people as well she took the oath on the 20th of July in Hindi to become a member of the Rajya Sabha and like I said she really redefined Indian athletics during the 1980s and the 1990s and i think now even after she retired she continued to revolutionize indian sports in india by starting the usha school of athletics which offered world class facilities to talented sports people and young sports people she is the recipient of the arjuna award the padma shri and now she is also part of the rajya sabha which means that she would be able to represent young sports people in india and she would be able to kind of 
keep building up the field of sports in the country to make it more accessible to make it more refined and just for a better place for young sports people in the country so i think this is a really big step and it's a really great thing to see not just the fact that she's a indian woman but she's a indian sports woman who really was at her peak when um, indian women in sports wasn't as accepted and it wasn't as talked about so i definitely think that she's already had a lot of accomplishments in life that will be talked about for a long long time to come and this is just one more to add to the list of them and and i will hand it over to anya for a little update on the indian presidential elections yeah thanks so much for that actually um the election results have just come in and it has been declared that draupadi murmu is going to be serving as the next president of india having reached the halfway mark in the elections her opposition who's also running from the opposition as in not the bjp yashwant sinha was uh, both of them were battling it out but um it seems now that she has won she was the former governor of jharkhand and um she served uh, extensively in the Odisha Legislative Assembly as well as as Minister of State in Odisha she is notably going to be a female president in India um and also she is the first woman of a tribe to have made it this far um having been born into the Santali tribal family where both her father and grandfather were sarpanches under the Panchayati Raj system so it's great to see a woman in office Anyways that's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of News Kids on the Block. Don't forget to tune in to us every Friday for our fresh take on the news from across the globe. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you next week. But till then, do share this episode with your folks. Stay safe. And don't forget to do your homework.